welcome everyone uh, this is uh, gokul here we'll start of the session uh, spruha is also available so today's session we will talk about uh, mental health in endurance sports and uh, uh, spruha will be guiding us around uh, our questions and uh, giving her experience or sharing her experiences with us she is a, a young uh, uh young psychologist who working with uh, the top athletes in the country uh, uh at the JSW sports JSW sports as you may know is uh, uh the academy or the institution to which uh, neeraj chopra uh, and many other athletes have been uh, mentored they are the uh, owners of uh, uh teams like the delhi capitals and so on so she has been working uh, with the pro athletes uh, on the mental health and mental side of things so uh, welcome spruha and uh, uh, glad to have you here uh, thank you thank you so spruha can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you uh, started in this journey at such an young age i think you just completed graduation a year ago right so <clears throat> yeah um so basically i'm like an athlete myself i i used to play basketball and um, various other sport but basketball was my ma- main sport that i played at the national level so and in 11th and 12th grade i kind of came across psychology because i'd pursued that in my um, stream in 11th and 12th i was part of humanities and i kind of slowly stepped away from professionally playing sport like i had played sport even like 3bl at the professional level in the country but i had stepped away and i was always passionate about passionate about sports right from a young age and then it was a bump that actually came through psychology it was just a part of my group and it had really intrigued me and we were exposed to a little bit of sports psychology we were kind of told what it was and then that's when i kind of decided that okay so this is what i would want to do and this is how i would want to contribute to the industry of sport without being an athlete myself eventually i realized there are so many other ways that i could ideally contribute to the sports industry without being an athlete and that's where i took a step and then i had pursued bachelor's of science in psychology in chennai and we were we had diversity of subjects then but in the third year however i got an opportunity to pursue sports psychology as like a side subject it was just there for a semester and then that's when i confirmed the fact that okay so this is what i would ideally want to be doing and then that's when i decided i would probably work for a year and then do my masters and then get my license since i don't have my license yet so that's basically how i came across sports psychology cool uh, don't worry we don't need any license to speak here <laughs> so so, uh, uh, so we will uh, start off the session and as usual for all the other listeners we will uh, i have a set of very basic questions that i will uh, uh, start the session with Uh, feel free to uh, the listeners can feel free to uh, type the questions through the chat and uh, we will be monitoring it and uh, at any at the appropriate time i will take it we don't necessarily wait for the end 
of the session to take up the questions please feel free uh, to ask uh, and if it is uh, in line with the topic at, that we are talking at that point in time we will take it immediately uh, so the first question i had was uh, many of us are looking to start on the fitness journey but uh, we find it difficult to get into the habit and uh, st uh, even after we start we find it difficult to stay uh, doing uh, stay on the track uh, what is your uh, tips on uh, how we uh, somebody could uh, prepare mentally to uh, to form this habit and uh, stick with this habit because majority of us listening are uh more like amateur uh, uh, athletes or people looking to fitness and uh, more like a hobby rather than uh, uh true professional some of us are but uh, majority are uh, in that category right okay so to start with um even if it's not sport um i'm definite that we all struggle keeping up with our day to day lives and we would rather be consistent with a lot of things that we want to but we can't so it's a simple factor that you could start with firstly fitness doesn't necessarily have to be let's say gym or running or cycling fitness could be something you thoroughly enjoy doing it could be zumba it could be dance it could just be getting in a number of steps during the day and people emphasize on working extensively and that might lead to an individual who's not an athlete thinking like will i be able to do that so do i need to sweat through my entire session is that necessary but that's really not how it is i mean to start with eventually it's important to break down the habit that you want to build so it says it's proven that about 150 hours of workout or walk is ideally required for the mind and it becomes a mood enhancer which i'll come to later on just a few basic tips one is we just need to be kind to ourselves we we shouldn't compare ourselves to somebody else like we could see in the gym somebody of your age or younger just being profound with their exercises and just killing it like people say but it's about being kind to yourself and the fact that you have started something initially of course it's going to be very difficult to keep the consistency but it's about making a habit if you don't want to work out let's say 30 minutes a day we could break it down into 15 minutes or even 10 minutes instead of if we're walking to our office we could like just put in a 10 minute walk we could cycle to places if we need to get groceries we could go about doing that and we need to start with our expectations really really low a lot of people tend to get into fitness let's say for the aesthetic purpose or they want to look fit but a lot of the individuals that actually look fit are they fit that's the real question we need to set reasonable expectations for ourselves like we could say like let's get a 20 minute yoga routine in for the day and when so happens we need to reward ourselves it doesn't have to be on a daily basis but and honestly 5 days a week of working out is ideal it doesn't have to be six it doesn't have to be every day because of course we need those rest days and if you put in those five days it could just be minimal rewards like it could just be grabbing a bite that you enjoy or spending time someone that you love watching a movie just relaxing yourself so when so when you get the reward mechanism into things you have positive effect you're like okay so you're correlating fitness with other things that you like you could go for a movie So when you have this reward, you're just going to be happy with yourself. All right, like I have achieved this. 
it's just sad that rewards are underrated like you don't have to be top notch you don't have to win a gold medal to reward yourself but if you get through the week or let's say a month of putting in zumba or yoga that's good enough to tell yourself like all right i am getting there and if you're tired a certain day you could if you only put in a four day workout you could either cut yourself slack that day and just put a 15 minute routine or it's actually facts that even if you're tired and you exercise it actually your fatigue actually reduces and your energy levels actually increase until unless you're extremely tired but if you're just if it's just the daily routine that you're exhausted from putting in a workout actually enhances your mood so this is a myth that says you know what you're tired so don't work out but it's about understanding your body and then seeing okay so how much could i ideally do today and that will enhance your mood you could like maybe move on to cooking or just spending time with yourself and so the other easier ways would be if you like swimming go for swimming if it's walking and it doesn't have to be monotonous it doesn't just have to be walking every day and it could just be walking one day yoga one day dance one day if that's how you want to spread out and you're not an athlete that works well for you the other way to keep a habit is if you have a friend or a family that is struggling like you to continuously you know work out working having a working out partner will helps the day you're not entirely motivated the other person could pick you up and vice versa and eventually they say it takes 21 days to make a habit but i have myself struggled various situations where i couldn't fit in a workout through the month but once you make a routine and once you start seeing these results it doesn't have to be physically your mood can be enhanced you might feel more active your focus might improve eventually you would not want to leave that habit because it's doing more good than bad so these are the ways you could ideally start working out uh, very well said astrofa uh, i could uh, very well relate to this because uh, i had a very similar uh, uh, entry into the fitness journey because uh, uh, when i was uh, in my early 20s uh, till that time i was quite obese and uh, fat throughout my childhood and uh, i think something sparked somebody calling me fat it was not the first time but i don't know why it sparked on that particular day and uh, i went to uh, the hit the treadmill at my office on that day and i still remember i could not even con- uh, run for more than 45 seconds but somehow uh instead of getting demotivated i was very happy that i made an effort and i did what i could uh however i did not leave it and i went back the next day and i was able to make a slight improvement and uh, uh i continued like that and i think i did not miss a single day for 6 months so what started off as 45 seconds came to a point wherein uh, uh, people used to put sticky notes on the treadmill with their uh, extension number to call them when i am done because they knew that i will be taking a long time so right. i think it's uh, at the same time uh, i had a goal i wanted to do it and i at the same time i was not too greedy so i think that is very key uh, because uh, uh, i was not too aggressive or harsh on myself because if i was i would have definitely got hurt given the fact that i was uh, quite overweight at that time and if i had pushed myself too much with running uh i would have definitely got hurt and uh, 
I came through that phase, uh, losing quite a lot of weight and uh, 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 being able to run continuously for a very long time, and uh, also uh, injury free. I think uh, uh, everything that you said, yeah, everything that you said, uh, I am a standing testament for that. Yeah. It's so, all about where you start from and then just keep it going. Exactly. So, on a side note, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It was just the comparison is where the problem lies sometimes. So, people are initially uncomfortable working out with a lot of people because, of course, the mind might lead you to comparing to others. It's always okay to go to a park and maybe just work out with one, two people if, if it, if, it reduces your self-confidence to work out with other people. So always start that way too. Yeah, I think uh, it is very important. Uh, you know, the last uh, uh, talk we had, in fact, was with uh, uh, one of the cycling coaches and we discussed about the importance of uh, goals and uh, uh, wh how we can motivate uh, ourselves to the goal. And uh, so I think the key is still to have a goal. Uh, because yeah. the goal is what will help you get out of the bed. But at the same time, have your own goal and have your own rate of progression. So that... The uh, goal should be broken down, definitely. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, on a side note, I think I should be very thankful to you, Spruha, because uh, I'm a big Nadal fan and I see... Uh, and Nadal <laughs> joining us. I, I just hope it is the real Nadal. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah. Uh, moving on to the next question I had. Uh, uh, is it also uh, a myth or is it a fact that uh, uh, doing any physical activity can uh, be a good mood enhancer? This is definitely not a myth out of all the other myths that psychologists are asked about, like, can you read minds and it's just a whole lot of crap that comes up. This is definitely not a myth. So the thing is, it has been proven that exercise does enhance your mood, but with, with of course, other sort of therapy, if you are facing with other mental health issues, but it hasn't exactly, they haven't been able to find out what kind of exercises help. So that's a niche part of it, but exercises definitely. So by the American Psychological Association, so they have recently decided that mental health, the clinical psychologists that if they're facing with mental health issues, that exercise should be incorporated, any sort of this. This is for a simple fact that the adrenaline rush, um, the release of dopamine, serotonin, and I feel like all of, the, all of us on the group agree after a good workout, no matter how sore your body is, you're still by your mind, you're like, okay, so I have put something in. You do feel, even though I'm the kind of person who works out at the end of the day and they say if you start your workout of the day, you feel enhanced at the end of the day. Even at the end of the day, if I'm tired and when I put in a workout, I do feel energized. Then even if it's a bad day, definitely it does enhance my mood. And it is proven because your blood circulation, it's its a lot of physiology also that's involved in it. How if you're lousy the entire day and you're just sitting in one place, it does have an impact on your mood because you just, you're probably like, so what is happening? But then when you're active with your body, the release of serotonin, the working of the neurotransmitters, the different hormones in your body, 
it definitely definitely enhances the mood in your so there have been various studies that have been done where um there were like four different groups taken for depression so depression one of the main factors that they say could help is exercise besides the medication so there were four different groups where one was given a placebo pill one was given antidepressants one were with like home based exercises and one more with exercises outside and those who worked out definitely had lower depression they were getting better with time their self esteem had boosted their self confidence had improved and their focus during work or any activity that they do had a major impact than those people who were just popping antidepressants and not working out and having a lousy lifestyle otherwise and maybe just grabbing a bite instead when they're depressed but this doesn't this is just a example but even for an individual who works a 9 to 5 job you might be frustrated with your routine for sure putting out 30 minutes for yourself with like some calm music in the background that you enjoy does enhance your mood because music by itself is used for therapy and it might be a song that you like that energizes you and at the same time your body is functioning the blood flow is more more intricate you tend to understand your body and when when you work out it's also important to understand the breathing so when you focus on your breathing you're more mindful of your entire body and then i feel like a lot of people make a mistake when they're initially working out and they might not see the results it starts all the way from breathing when you need to be more focused on your body and when you understand how your body works you'll definitely find the relaxation after working out because you consciously see the physiological changes in your body and your breathing becomes better so and it's also used exercises used to people with anxiety and it's not that athletes are immune to mental health issues that's that's not possible so even though you work out you can have issues with regard to like let's say endurance athletes bikers and marathon runners they need to run for a prolonged period of time or cycle for a prolonged period of time and it could ideally get really lonely for them because let's say a full marathon goes on for an for like 4 hours for and 4 5 hours for an person if you're if you're at the top in the world you do it in 2 3 hours and it does get and to see that focus that concentration that develops because they work out regularly and because it gets lonely they they understand the body they focus on the body the breathing that that just keeps going them and this is what basically leads to enhancing your mood cool uh we can take i think uh, kishore's uh, question uh, does forcing to work out versus uh, being motivated by self has any difference as well uh, what's your take for sure for sure because even if it's not a workout and you're forcing yourself to do something is definitely going to be half hearted right so when you're forcing yourself the motive is probably like i need to do it i need to get done with it so in that period of time the question is are you really focusing on yourself are you enjoying your workout whereas when you're motivated you're more calm you you figure out the exercises that you need to do you understand what you need to enjoy and when you force yourself to do something it's it's definite that is not going to be working 
on a prolonged period of time like you can force yourself for a few days but how many days will you force yourself for and you just get exhausted because you're forcing yourself to do something meaning you might not enjoy what you're doing and then if you have high expectations saying you know what like let's put a one hour workout and hope for results like too much that that ideally might not happen because you're not doing it full heartedly and in that process your the your technique might go wrong you might not understand how your body is working so yes definitely they do have major differences yeah i i i completely agree with you spruha but uh, one aspect is uh, while uh, the form of workout may be uh, is definitely going to be a choice uh, right so right. health and fitness is a priority i think for anybody in this world so right. uh, no one can afford to say that uh, health is not important to me uh, so like you said earlier uh, it is very very uh, important to stay healthy uh, there are a lot of uh, the latest generation of issues is a lot of people who look fit but are not healthy so you don't want that you want to be healthy and uh, that i don't think unfortunately is a choice uh, instead of forcing like i said that can be broken down correct you help yeah. spread it out correct you, i think the what i am trying to say is you health is a choice how you achieve that health uh, health is not a choice but uh, how you achieve that is definitely not your you. choice yeah so yeah, uh, sure. it, it could be just walking it could be playing uh, it could be dancing it could be zumba it, you there are so many options now yeah there are so many options now so it's just about uh, finding what you like right yeah we uh, we were also referring to external forcing only kishore uh, uh, that was obvious but uh, yeah so jessie sandesh has this uh, question it's so important for an endurance athlete to have a group to train with how can an athlete without a group fight through that's a very that, very interesting that is an interesting question so the other day i was basically reading about how um, right after covid because cyclists since this is all about bike so how cyclists in italy had initially struggled because they couldn't get their out, outdoor workouts in and they had to just cycle in indoor and that's when basically you can just put like a let's say a 2 3 hour on the bike but you can't do a prolonged workout like you could ideally do it outside so in these cases is a person ideally if they're training for an endurance sport i would say they do have a certain group of people and if they don't have those group of people it's it's important to have a guide since you're training and you're trying to become professional with it so a person who doesn't have a group it is going to be very impactful on them their mental health they need to be way stronger because on few days they might not feel motivated in these cases it's more important to have self talk it's you can tell yourself why am i here like so in italy when these people were banned for like 3 4 months to step out and do their things and they had to all work out alone and they were all endurance athletes it was all about self talk for them that's why they can so in those times you'll have to challenge yourself 
and tell yourself that this is a part and parcel of my achievement and visualization can be used where where you think okay so imagine this happens to me in a race where let's say tour de france where you're just at a stage where you're just alone it could be your head it could be at the back and that is bound to happen with endurance athletes so if you visualize prior and tell yourself okay so this is bound to happen how do i tackle the situation or if it's going well then how do i further enhance my procedure and it's about managing and finding a fine balance between the both of them of course i would i would say they're not the, the athlete is not always going to be training alone but in the time that they train alone these are really important like self talk imagery and it's about positive feedback to yourself and tell yourself why you if you if you did a run alone that day you could tell yourself okay so this is what i have achieved today out of the run and so these italian cyclists had to go 3 4 months indoor alone where they had nobody with them to do their endurance practices and this is what had kept them going that you need to look at the bigger picture here have a goal but break down the goals and hopefully tell yourself that okay so this is a procedure and at this period of time this is how it's going to be but with time it might get better so does it answer your question uh i think so but uh, i also have a few points to add here right uh, there is a uh, a few years ago i think it was 2017 or 18 uh one of the most iconic races uh, in bicycling is called paris roubaix so this is a very harsh race uh, because it a uh, uh, lot of the race happens through uh, uh, centuries old cobbles in france and uh, it is uh, so when you are going at 40 kilometers per hour on those uh, bumpy cobbles it can uh, uh, it can be a very uh, uh, uncomfortable ride so just a month before uh, that particular year's race uh, there is a, a, a australian uh, rider called matthew hayman who had a big crash and uh, he broke his uh, arm so he could not use the uh, arm to control the handlebar so he was uh, out of cycling for a while and uh, he was in a pretty good shape at that time and it came at a very unfortunate time and uh, his uh, coach had almost uh, written him off for the season and they, he had even started suggesting uh, reprioritizing goals after a few months for the following season or the off season because uh, that was during the uh, spring however what he did was there is a, a very interesting software uh, uh for in, uh, indoor riding called zwift and uh, zwift has uh, made lot of mileage on this particular story so he uh, he rode on uh, indoors using zwift zwift is a community software and wherein people can each uh, race against uh, or race or ride against each other on a virtual course and uh, uh, together so he he trained uh, indoors using that and uh, uh, miraculously he just uh, took off the cast a few days before paris roubaix that year 
just within four weeks of the crash and uh, uh, he was close to 40 years at that time and uh, he had never won any major race in his life he was always what is called as a domestic that is he was more of a helper in the team uh, of cycling rather than being the primary candidate for uh, winning the races so that year he he kind of managed to get away uh, during a uh, in a breakaway and uh, uh, won the race so he that was his first ride i believe in the uh, the last uh, four to six weeks or so he was still motivated and he won and this is a, li- a real story of course i'm pretty sure Zwift has dramatized it to an extent, but uh, his crash and his uh, riding indoors and his winning the Paris-Roubaix is all real. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, thankfully, at least for a sport like cycling, uh, the the virtual world is uh, uh, is pretty serious nowadays. In fact, uh, uh, this year we had the first world championship uh, for e-racing uh, which was done in a similar way wherein people were uh, uh, racing indoors in uh, platforms like Zwift and uh, very interestingly uh, uh, Olympic rover from Germany was the world champion so so there is uh, there is a lot of uh, at least for cycling uh, indoor uh, training can be quite motivating actually given the uh, softwares and the technology the way it is going for other sports uh, may not be so prone uh, and whatever uh, you mentioned like now having that bigger goal uh, would help and uh, also it makes sense to for you to revisit what are your uh, uh, specific weaknesses for your activity uh, which tend to get ignored for example uh, strength training and uh, uh, balance is something which is often ignored and uh, when we are in peak training we never get time for those so those could be identified as specific areas to work on and improve so you could actually come out of the uh, phases like this wherein you are training alone stronger rather than being weaker cool so shall i move on to my next questions Pruha? Sure, sure. One of the biggest, uh, uh, I think to an extent, uh, the, the present question answers this, but uh, again, uh, from, viewed from a different context, say many of us have uh, uh, events uh, happen in our life that break down the rhythm that we have built, whether it is an injury, uh, a very... Uh, difficult phase at work or some personal emergency and uh, we find it very difficult to uh, restart because we are demotivated we might have lost a lot of fitness and stuff so how do you think uh, we can mentally uh, strengthen ourselves to come back after such a break so um, just one question Gokul so do you mean this with elite athletes or just anybody in general? Uh, anybody in general. Anybody in general, okay. Uh, but if you think that the answer is different, you can take it uh, uh, one by one as well. Alright. So, I feel like this is where um, sports psychology comes into a powerful place. 
and it's often mistaken that sports psychologists are only here for elite athletes but they often actually help non athletes get into the rhythm and routine of it so i'm going to first talk about the perspective of an elite athlete or somebody who's trying to make that their goal and their life and earn out of it so to start with setbacks are inevitable you it could be an injury it could be a family emergency it could for a fact just be a mental burnout like it could an individual could be trying let's say 3 years to be at the top in the nationals win a gold medal or a silver medal and that might not be happening and this is when an athlete might reconsider and ask themselves saying okay so why am i here why am i not able to do this what is going wrong this is this is very common amongst athletes especially if because an athlete might start their career let's say at the age of 13 and 14 and if it's in different sport even if it's football or kabaddi it might go on to 40 basketball players are nowadays because of technology and equipment athletes even at the age of 36 37 let's say let's take an example of jokovic how how he's so fit and how he's just beating down barriers amongst the younger athletes so to last in the field of sports first and foremost i would feel is to stay optimistic no matter what happens it's important to tell yourself that things like this are bound to happen the second you might victimize yourself for an injury or a situation saying you might loathe in self pity that you could have avoided the injury or anything of that sort but that's not always going to be happening so the first step to if you ever want to rebuild that situation would to be stay as optimistic as you can with the situation it could be the worst of worst and from there it's the ability to eventually pick up the rhythm and start slow this is when you can't afford to be hard on yourself at all and as an elite athlete when you when you stay optimistic you could ask yourself why am i here and then you could slowly start building connections you could build the connection with your team you could build a connection with your family and these people might help you reassure saying you know you're here for a reason and that you're good and in these situations especially when it's a major setback and if you could have been somewhere and you're not there a good social support is always always helpful because as an individual as much as i say you can be self sufficient sometimes you need that little push and in these situations it is important to talk to someone and if you have a very severe injury and you think you're not going to come back for a while and at that point of time in that situation of injury it's about how to recover instead of looking at the biggest goal it's important to see okay so the next two weeks i might eventually get myself to strengthen take that help to strengthen and if you don't want to necessarily practice the sport that you are in or if you're not in the shape to you could play a recreational sport that could be swimming or if you want to weight lift you want to play golf and in these situations i firmly believe a sports psychologist comes into play because since setbacks are inevitable if one is already started working sports psychologist you have the ability to cope quicker you will be taught different relaxation methods and when you have the scoping strategies and these vary amongst people my coping strategy might be different from what gokul's coping strategy is it's about finding those 
strategies that help you and in the process of injury since you're not at your best you could you could probably do something else also that makes you happy that makes you happy so that you're not overwhelmed by the fact that you're not at your best and it's important to find a purpose amongst what you do and this is always important if you don't see the purpose in something that you're doing that is already a setback for yourself so you can set legitimate goals for yourself that don't necessarily suck out all the energy but still slowly equip you towards reaching your goal and i feel like this will definitely make sense even in a person's life who isn't an athlete because there could be anything hindering you but it's about that mindset that helps you step back and this is when you don't have to be hard on yourself at all you could instead put in just a 3 day workout to start with it could be a struggle but this is when you need to seek that help and find the balance between your workout what you love doing your passion and this if the balance is not found you you might just get sick and tired of what you're doing so there needs to be a fine balance since if you're just entirely focusing on your sport as an elite athlete then that's definitely going to end up leading to a burnout because you're already in a very bad state of mind where you might have lost a family member you have a severe injury the competition must have got cancelled or you didn't perform in the competition so i would say these are a few basic factors that could help you bounce back from a setback but as an but if you're already an elite athlete it's good to make sure you start and seek that help earlier so later in life if you have a severe major setback you you'll find ways to bounce back because you become more resilient to the situation and this is when imagery again comes in play as an elite athlete so when you imagine like for instance amazon mohammad ali and even back in the day let's say when jordan and phelps they all spent so much time visualize visualizing what they are going to be or what they are and this could be the worst of worst circumstances plus the best so you already know how to react to it as an elite athlete so i would say these are the few ways to go about getting into the rhythmic process of coming back as an athlete uh thank you spruha moving on to the next question any questions on this uh uh i don't have any questions uh okay well again uh, my take is that uh, uh inspired by what anjas has uh, written right uh, the the important thing is to keep moving forward uh, right. uh, uh rephrasing actually what uh, you also said uh just like we say uh, it's uh, it's never over uh, uh that applies even to these phases uh, especially if it is an injury uh, there are definitely ti- ti- times when uh, you just can't do anything even if it is an injury or if it is uh, Uh, a busy phase at work or personal thing but uh, some injuries at least you may be able to work on a different uh, uh, aspect of your training and you should look at it and uh, similarly even if it is uh, if you are injured such that you cannot really do any training 
it may still make sense to uh, identify whether you can do some uh, uh, analysis of the past or just uh, enjoy the moment you know enjoy the fact that you don't have to uh, get up that early uh, probably try various uh, nutritional practices and so on so uh, yeah uh, and like even in the place like recently i mean those who all watched the olympics so high jump had two gold medalists this time right it was it was uh, barshim and tamberi and both of them both of them had pretty severe injuries being like one of them had an ankle injury and in these situations and and barshim had actually said how how lonely it would get for him to practice high jump sometimes because there is nobody else around for him to train with and he's he's going through a lot but he found the sense of purpose and he kept telling himself why he is here and coming from such um injuries and being able to win a gold medal is the mindset that these individuals had it could always be possible that they could say you know what like this is a life threatening injury maybe i won't be able to come back as strong but the purpose the self talk the imagery is what basically kept them going so this is just thought an example that i could put forward uh moving on to a very different aspect a uh, uh, lot of us have uh, performance anxiety especially uh, the day before a very important race or an endurance activity and many of us cannot sleep well that night as well in fact it is a given so any suggestions or uh, uh, approach to uh, to overcome this performance anxiety before our big day so i think this is where the concept of flow comes in um this psychologist named mihali i can't pronounce sorry um so i can't pronounce his entire name but i'm going to be putting his entire name down in the chat his name is mihali shizan so he he had actually recently passed away and in the 90 i think like about 1990 or 1992 he had proposed the concept of flow which is basically an intrinsic motivation for an individual and i think athletes can for sure really related to this and people how how flow is basically where you're on autopilot where you know what to do like if it's in a basketball game like it just your subconscious mind that helps you push yourself forward and to deal with performance anxiety it needs to be practiced prior it it can't be a procedure that you deal with your anxiety the day before your race or the day but if you already set your mind and a few things that are involved in this would be a balance of challenges and skills so this is very very important for a flow so as a hockey player once said when i have a competitor to push me to my limits and provide a real challenge is when i can get into the 
get into the better zone. So when you're competing at the highest level and you're on autopilot, when you have the challenge, you feel the motivation that's already coming through because you have been practicing for days. You know what you have to do. And the flow leads you to an absorption in the activity. It's just when you don't think about anything else, it's because you're in it. It's because you know, you have that muscle memory of what to do when, how to react to a situation. And on the larger picture, your goals are clear, which will avoid you from getting anxious for the performance. This the self-awareness also important and definitely the other thing that's important for performance and this is the rituals before. So the arousal needs to be right for an athlete. So um, I want to take an example of Tom Daly. He's a diver. And I mean, you guys might have seen him all across media because he used to knit before his games, not use his phone, not he used to knit. And when I was reading up why he does that, he just said, it helps me focus and concentrate. It's that balance of arousal that you need to achieve so that you're not overly excited nor are you underprepared. for a few athletes it just might be it could be energizing you know when people are like shouting their name and screaming their name they might feel that arousal they're like okay yes i know why i'm here and then it becomes effortless while for a few people they might just need their headphone on and they might have to just sit on the con- sit in the corner and just listen to music or just be breathing, doing some relaxation techniques that sets their arousal right. So the second your arousal for the event is off balance, you tend to become anxious because if you're overly confident, let's say for an endurance race, and if you're bleeding in the start and because you're so pumped and you don't realize how you need to balance out through the event, that would definitely lead to you not being able to perform. And and they say that people who are in flow, it's a transformation of time for the athletes. It's because time seems to speed up. You don't realize, okay, so in a basketball, a quarter is done. Okay, so next quarter, you're just in the situation where nothing else should matter to you because you've already been there and the moment becomes as effortless as possible. And a few ways to achieve this flow would definitely be the motivation to perform then maintaining the appropriate focus. This is this is the key. The second your focus or concentration is off balance, you might wave around, you might get tense looking at your opponents. And after all that, this is this is not worth happening. So this is when you need to like positively feed yourself saying, I can do this, but at the same time you need to strike a balance, make sure you're not you might be the best athlete there, but you can't afford to tell yourself like I built and I got this and I am the best here. But in but you could like have a different mindset. I could be the best here and I have done everything to achieve it. It's a confidence in the mental attitude. It's the optimal environment and situational conditions where you need to be warmed up enough if it's physiologically and the atmosphere around you, like your coach could be the one coming and pumping you up, giving you a little positive feedback. And there might be a lot, like, for instance, football games when they play away. It's just basically everybody against them, right? In this situation, flow is what plays a major impact in the way they perform because they tune out everything that's externally. And it's the factors like their arousal that keeps them going, tell them that they're, they're in the right condition internally and that they do have their coaches and other team players pushing them to move forward. And the outside pressure shouldn't be taken in.
and of course optimal physical prepare, preparation readiness is important for any athlete or even even if you're just working out on a daily basis a good stretch and a good warm up is important and after you're done people might just avoid stretching but this is this is not good on the long term basis so when you stretch you tend to you just the other you tend to release you know the better of your body and you just like calm down your heartbeat reduces so the readiness so when for warm up the readiness is important for the arousal to kick in and after you're done a good stretch and a cool down is is the key so i would i would say the flow is what is the key for performance anxiety as you'd say but again like they say the flow you can't you can't go all in and say okay i am going to be achieving a flow because it's a subjective concept but working on yourself working on the flow over a period of time will get you to a better place than you were with your flow prior might not be the best might not be the 100% but you're definitely at a better place and you need to keep telling yourself that that's how it is the outside interaction should be reduced the energy should entirely be focused on to what your task is and they say prior to races a lot of athletes do have the routines to like have mindfulness routines meditation this calms down the body it helps you reflect upon your thoughts and tell you look at the key part why are you anxious so what is it that's getting to you and so when you're mindful you'll be able to tackle that and say okay no doesn't make sense like my reason isn't valid so that second you can step out of it and break the barrier but overall anxiety is bound to happen but it's about your readiness and the prior things that you do to avoid that thank you spra that was quite enlightening i uh, i was reminded and uh, was able to again relate to what you said uh, uh, when i was uh, reminiscing a video i had seen in the past of, of uh, a group of east african uh, runners who were training and uh, as part of their warm up very interestingly uh, the coach actually makes the athletes lie down for a few minutes and uh, his explanation was exactly the same what you said that uh, he said the focus you will be able to perform best when you are relaxed and uh, the purpose of warm up is not just to prepare you physically but also to prepare you mentally and to ensure that you are uh, mentally relaxed uh, and this they uh, again do as part of their everyday routine and uh, now i am able to understand that better when uh, uh, related with this concept of flow and how we have to train uh, it cannot become suddenly uh, happening uh, on a d day you know something which you need to incorporate uh, during every uh, training session as well beautifully said thank you so i i kind of have run through my question so uh, uh, i'll uh, open it up to the forum uh, uh, if for any more questions and uh, is there anything else while we wait for questions uh, is there anything else uh, uh, spruha that you wanted to tell uh, 
I would definitely be up for a few questions and then maybe I could uh, yeah. wrap it up with what I would want to say. Yeah, I I think I had a bout of uh, anxiety and I forgot one question which I wanted to ask you. I will uh, take it. Uh, I will ask that while we wait for other questions. Uh, once we start the activity, uh, one of the key uh, things uh, uh, during a race or a, a sport that we do is to uh, be able to concentrate for uh, long periods of time. and to sustain that focus uh, can you tell us how we could do that because a momentary lapse of concentration can be uh, very bad uh, from the outcome point of view also from an injury point of view you could uh, end up in a crash in a bicycle race so uh, how can one train ourselves to uh, be focused for long periods of so um yeah i definitely understand and it, i think um in such cases the pre routine is very important and you might have a lapse and you might just start thinking about something else that could really distract you it could just be the audience that are disturbing you it could be a couple of thoughts and it is inevitable no matter how much you perform it could it could also be somewhere that you thought you'd be in the first five but you're not there and you're lagging and then that might lead you to not focus further but in these situations um so i believe that there there could be an integration plan that that help these athletes become resilient through their event whatever it is it could be basketball football running anything of this sort so in such cases the prior things that you'll have to do is you need right technical counseling your nutrition and hydration needs to be in fact then um prehabilitation the right gear cuz on the cycle for instance if you don't have the right gear or if something in the cycle is messed up that will definitely lead you to lose your focus because you're more worried on the external factors that are disturbing you so in such cases i believe there are both external and internal factors so in the external factors all this need to be made sure that they are at the best that they can't be messed up so when these integrated plans and when there's a balance between all of them the external factors at least move away that okay fine i'm hydrated nothing going to happen to me my cycle is in the right place and the team around you is always important by no matter what like especially working here i've realized how much ever the sport might be on an individual level that you're competing it is a team game at the end your coach plays a major role your physio plays a major role your friends play a major role all of them all of them have a role that leads you to becoming a better athlete so i would say these internal factors are different and external defense so these external factors should be the key to make sure you don't lose focus so that at least one problem is off but again when it comes to the internal factors that are distracting you so when you when on a long term basis when when an athlete practices mindfulness and relaxation these are the situations where they need to keep that in mind and tell themselves what they're here for and maybe use a couple of coping strategies on the bike where they take a couple of breaths or 
they try becoming more mindful of the situation and tell them why they are cuz they might lose focus for a certain seconds but it's important to pick up immediately that's important so it can't be oh shit i've lost focus i'm lagging at the back there are two ways they can either loathe in self pity and say i am at the back or they quickly come up with solution and this is also seen widely amongst athletes the problem solving skills tend to be more intact because within a fraction of a second if you need to turn the game around or your race around you need to come back to that space so the ability to be resilient and immediately step back and say okay so okay fine i am at the back but what can i do now that is the first step to get their focus back cuz losing your focus is inevitable and no matter what you do it could be anything distracting you but how to step back from the focus and become as focused as you can the next second is what is important those few minutes can change the game around like in basketball games they might be losing by let's say 6 7 points they could either be losing and have that mindset or have another mindset saying what can be done now what can be corrected so that i feel is what needs to be there cuz not losing focus you can try you can do all the rituals you're doing but you never know what can happened at that fraction of a second so i would say that is inevitable i mean that's my opinion i mean no matter what your pre ritual is your relaxation methods if you lose that focus i think the key is to step back in and keep fighting till the end cool uh oh my question here yeah please uh, please uh Uh, I'll uh, I'll just try read that question. How how do you deal with failure or rejection mentally, like when you lose a game or when you don't reach your fitness? So this is when I would say, um, I I as a kid wasn't the most sportive person. I used to I would cry if I lost my games or I would build up reasons because at that point I saw failure as a weakness or rejection as a weakness. But I feel like. the more you fail the stronger you become because that's where you learn your mistakes because you can't be flawless with your entire event or your entire workout <clears throat> and if you are facing a problem of failure or rejection that's when you need to set the bar at the level where you think okay so i can achieve it <clears throat> instead of setting a target that might not be possible start slow with like this sorry so like this one week i am going to be doing this and if you lose a game sit down sit down with your team players if you are in will sit with your coach reflect upon the game where have i gone wrong what can be corrected so that that doesn't repeat again and so next time you fail you at least know you haven't failed with the same factor that you did previously that's that's already a plus point for you you're already going up the ladder and if you don't reach a fitness are simple thing just don't be hard on yourself tell yourself give yourself another chance and this time be more mindful about what your target is see if that is that is achievable if you can do that and eventually you will come around doing that because as we all agree mistakes are inevitable and you learn from your failure i feel like i have personally learned more from my failure and games that i've lost that had made me a more sportive person and had helped me revamp my skills and just become a better athlete myself 
So does that answer your question or? Uh, she uh, she won't be able to speak so proudly. She yeah, she she said yeah. it does. Cool. Uh, any more questions? You said you wanted to tell something, no, Spruha. So probably you can start off with that, and then if there are no more questions, we can wind up. Um. I mean, as an athlete myself, and I feel like in anything in life, it's it's about like Gokul also had said, it's just about starting somewhere and then moving ahead with it. And in a and I feel like sports psychologists are, or psychologists in our country are not respected enough. And like a lot of people question me, like saying, okay, so what do you do? What can you do when in a place where a lot of institutions abroad, like especially the UK and US, where psychology is more prevalent, they have People right at the basic level for like even kids who have just started boxing or running, they have athletes who have psychologists around them that observe their behavior, that help them tackle, develop these coping strategies at a younger age. And even if not in the space of sports psychology, I would all I would want to say is that if you need to seek the help, go ahead with it. And it doesn't have to be that you have a mental health problem like the taboo that people have, it could just be going to a professional and just letting yourself out because your friends or your family might have some bias towards you as, as non bias they try being. It just, it's just human to have that biasness amongst them. And for athletes who are here, I would strongly recommend most of the successful athletes, let's say Alison Felix, who's, who's been across five Olympics and has achieved so much. They, they work as much on their mental health like they do on their physical strength. This is some, something else that I would always say, like anybody who asks me why they need to work or see a psychologist if they don't have a problem. It's just a simple question. If they're physically working on themselves, is there ever going to be somewhere where they say, oh, I'm fit enough? No, you're going to just keep working on it. And if you're already mentally strong, great. You can just keep working further. So anything that comes in your way just becomes an obstacle that can be tackled with ease. So I, all I would want to say is like you need the help, seek it for an athlete, a sports psychologist is really, really important. It would be great if you have them actively in a part of your life so that they help you with things further. I haven't done my degree in that, so I can't say what exactly, but like a sport and exercise psychology definitely has an impact. And for those who struggle with coming up or even working out, even they could see a sports psychologist because these psychologists are going to help you inculcate better routine in your life, make your lifestyle healthier. So, yeah, I would want to wind up with that. There's nothing more that I would want to say. Uh, thank you, Spruha. Very well said. Uh, 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 I, I, I never thought of it like that, but I can uh, realize that there are a lot of people who will think uh, like that. Uh, uh, but uh, if people have time, I I enjoyed uh, seeing uh, parts of a uh, 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 documentary on uh, uh, Amazon Prime about the Rafa Nadal Academy. I think a uh, lot of these aspects, including the uh, mental uh, uh, side of things and the role the psychologists play and uh, the role various uh, uh, 
players play uh, uh, is uh, highlighted in that in a very natural way so uh, so i would encourage everybody to see it and uh, uh, thank you spruha it was a fantastic session and uh, i it was i had lot of uh, enlightenings in between and uh, uh, i i learned a lot from this session i hope uh, our uh, listeners also uh, had a a lot of learnings and can help apply some of these techniques in their own uh, uh, endeavors uh, thank you very much i did uh, put in my email id if anybody has any further questions you can just write me an email and uh, uh, regarding this particular today's topic or any other topic and if it is regarding today's topic i will uh, route it to spruha and get a feedback from her and she has given her email id as well uh, so do tune in uh, this uh, this talk show happens every tuesday at 8 pm so we will have another uh, topic and uh, guest next week uh, till that time uh, uh, see you and uh, thank you once again spruha it was a fantastic session thank you so much for inviting me <laughs> thank you thank you cool uh, uh, good night guys uh, Wrap it see up. you later yeah good night thank you guys see you later bye